0: Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Monday, April 4th, 2022. I'm David Menzies, and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know that today is National Hug a Newsperson Day? And I would hug this big lug, except he might go to HR (laughs) and complain. He is the he-man with a hammer. He is the Khaleesi of Calgary. He is Adam Seuss. How you doing there, Adam?
1: Oh, I'm worried right off the bat (laughs) that Sheila is not here to rein us in.
0: Well, you know, Sheila. Day ahead of us. Well, you know, Sheila is usually your co-host on a Monday, Adam, but maybe we should just let the folks know uh, the very important assignment uh, that Sheila is on. Namely, she is covering uh, an Alberta court procedure where uh, Dina Henshaw, or as Sheila likes to call her, the necromancer of wild rose (laughs) country, is uh, taking the stand uh, regarding something. What's all that about, Adam?
1: Yeah. So for the longest time, they've been trying to get uh, health officials to actually answer in a court of law for undermining our fundamental rights, taking away our charter freedoms, all that stuff that's enshrined in the law and is supposed to be protected. Well, uh, a couple weeks to bend the curb was the story. And that was understandable, even among some constitutional lawyers. But we're now coming up on two years with Limited capacity to fly, certain pastors not able to speak at certain locations, attend protests. So um, Dina Hinshaw, the uh, chief medical health officer here in Alberta, um, she's actually she's been dodging this forever. Last time they scheduled this and asked her to appear to actually justify the measures in light of the constitution. Um, she said she was too busy to attend with what was going on. She then proceeded to take a vacation. Um, so she's been dodging this for some time. So it looks like the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms actually finally has her showing up in court today. So Sheila is gonna be covering that and hopefully there's some answers and some accountability from these uh, overstepping health bureaucrats.
0: Oh, uh, 100%, Adam. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to Sheila's report. And also, Adam, contrasting what she reports to how the mainstream media uh, reports things because, you know, they like to cover uh, for these uh, health services uh, necromancers. And uh, I can hardly wait uh, to see uh, what comes of this. So Sheila's doing uh, great work on that front. And, uh, Adam, usually Sheila uh, tells us, what. What we are doing right now and i guess that falls to you or is it to me either way i can do it and you can do it fire away my friend I'll go, okay, so we used to do this
1: just about once a week with the onset of COVID-19, though. People were at home. There was ample news to talk about lockdowns, overreach, all that sort of good stuff. So we started doing it every single day. Now, we used to just do this on YouTube, but when Joe Biden was elected, YouTube no longer had to pretend that they were an open platform for open ideas. So they started censoring us significantly. They took away our capacity um, to take chats on YouTube, to engage with you, um some subjects were even taboo for that platform so we are now moving to a bunch of other platforms we'll still stay on youtube we have 1.5 million subscribers there so we don't want to abandon you but there may come a time during the show where we cannot talk about certain subjects and we're gonna have to leave that platform we don't want to lose you so Come with us. Um, I, just to confirm, we've got so many platforms that we're streaming on. Um, I want to confirm we're on SuperU, we're on Odyssey, we're on Rumble. I think we're on Getter again. Are there any other platforms
0: that I'm missing today that we're on? Sometimes we're on, sometimes we're off. I, I think you've covered it, and That's I see a, all of them. I see a visual, uh, Adam, that says, "See your message on screen." Help support us by sending us a rant. Hyper Chat or shout. So there you go, folks. Unlike the mainstream media who uh, goes into your wallet or purse via direct deposit via your tax dollars, we actually ask you if you would like uh, to donate. And if you can, we appreciate it. And guess what? If you can't, you can still watch the show. How do you like that? That's win-win, isn't it? Exactly. Okay. Well, you know, since uh, a lot of news happening in uh, your neck of the woods, Adam, and I see more weekend protests and more clamping down on, uh, well, basically, it seems that peaceful protests are not really a thing anymore in Alberta. Well, unless, of course, you're, you know, a Black Lives Matter uh, protester. Therefore, you don't get a ticket, but you join law enforcement in bending the knee uh, to make a statement. But now we see um, not only in Calgary, but in Edmonton, uh, tickets being uh, handed out for uh, horn honking. Uh, What the heck is going on in a region of Canada, Adam, that I facetiously call the People's Democratic Republic of Alberta?
1: You know, it was something else to see. For the third week in a row, these injunctions are in place, uh, limiting use of amplification technology in parks, uh, preventing peaceful marches that have been occurring. Here's the footage, in fact. Peaceful marches that have been occurring for two years in Calgary without incident. These people are now relegated to City Hall or whatever park or area they'll happen to let them to. Um, Once again, this weekend, they were actually out of amplification technology, so that was nice. But They had this lineup of police cars on a pedestrian street and just enforcement, peace officers and cops lined up along the side of the road. And if a car honked when they were driving by, the police vehicle would roll out and the next one would roll into its stop ready to go. So we were actually running around chasing as these police were uh, pulling people over to make sure we captured Uh, what was going on there. But yeah, they're giving out $81 tickets. When they hand out these $81 tickets, they're saying, you know, I could actually get you basically on contempt of this injunction. That would be a serious charge. But I'm very graciously going to let you off with this $81 ticket for daring to honk your horn. One of the really interesting things that we saw there was um, one of the uh, people, a bystander, when we were right there, we spoke to her as she was getting her ticket. That video will be out later today. But one of the bystanders says, there's a pro-Ukrainian rally here the other day. Everyone was honking in support. There was no tickets. Ah. And the cop the cop actually said, well, that protest isn't subject to the injunction. Well, the way the injunction's worded, to the best of my understanding, is it's blanket and it's not targeted. But then the cops are saying, well, that's not subject to the injunction. So wild. And later we'll talk about, obviously, the dramatic arrest of Pastor Derek Reimer. That, too, suddenly, again, he was in no way involved with the protests. But... Apparently, the injunction applies to pastors and protesters, but not pro-Ukrainian rallies or BLM rallies or Palestinian, whatever it may be. Just the selective groups that seem to always get targeted.
0: Well, Adam, I think that officer did a huge favor for all those people receiving those $81 tickets for honking their horn because— That's what I bring to court when I fight this. I go, why, Mm -hmm. you know, the old one law for thee, one law for me. Why is it this particular protest, no horn honking, but another protest? There is horn honking. It's still in the municipality of Calgary. Who gets to pick and choose? Why are they picking and choosing? I think that's a a, a great uh, testament. And, you know, I mean... In a way, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because we have a Liberal MP. I can't remember her name. She's so insignificant and so dumb. I mean, dumb on the scale of uh, Seamus O'Regan stupidity. But remember, um, several weeks ago, she said that when you honk your horn, honk honk, is code yeah. for Heil Hitler. <laughs> so are these, yeah. and maybe uh, Super Producer Olivia can uh, dredge that up because I know a lot of people are are saying, uh, hey Menzoid, uh, April Fool's Day was three days ago, okay? Oh, no, 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 th- th- this, is, uh, yeah. this is completely true. So uh, are the Calgary police and the peace officers, Adam, uh, claiming this is I don't know hate speech because Hong Kong, according to the Trudeau liberals, is Heil Hitler. Oh, and, and you know, uh, I, before I honest- you weigh in, Adam, uh, I just want to put the proof in the pudding here. Uh Olivia's dredged up the uh, and so, so fast. yeah, just check this out, folks.
2: How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong? which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media?
0: Well, let's answer the first one. How many guns need to be seized? Would you believe the number rhymes with hero? You dummy. And Heil Hitler. I mean, well, if that's the case, Adam, why why doesn't the Ministry of Transportation uh, ban horns? Obviously, uh, yep. I don't want to live in a country where every day on my commute, I'm hearing maybe a hundred Heil Hitler's being directed <laughs> on the 401 to various voters. So can you imagine at, this is a sitting yep. member of parliament? And I yep. believe this woman is Jewish too. So, you know, how, you know, to, I, I, I guess to, you know, diminish what Heil Hitler and Nazism and uh, what happened some 80 years ago, by comparing that to somebody honking the horn of their Toyota yeah. or Honda, it I think it's just absolutely staggering at you know, the, it's it's so
1: vexing, and this is something that's been bothering me for a long time. This is a perfect time to bring it up. You know, how long did we hear Harper is literally Hitler, like that <laughs> nonsense? How long did we hear that, like every like Trump is Hitler, Harper is Hitler, um, these horn honkers are Hitler? And then when conservatives say, you know, Justin Trudeau is exhibiting some kind of dictatorial Tendencies. Everyone's like, you're disjointed and you're out you're out of sync. You've literally been calling people Hitler for years. You're saying HH is an acronym for horn honking, and then someone suggests their supreme leader is anything less than an advocate for democracy, which is what the whole world thinks. Um and, and, and we're the disjointed ones who aren't being respectful to people who have really suffered under it. Um it, it's madness, it's maddening. And unfortunately, I think what we're seeing is that it, it has fed into the rest Rhetoric and people have bought this. They actually believe that these people are malicious and vicious. Um, we'll get accused. I'll, I'll be with Mocha, who, by the way, if you haven't noticed, is of Muslim background. Um, and and they'll, people will yell, hey, you're a white nationalist. I'm like... <laughs> What do you what are you what are you talking about? So it's it's unbelievable, what this this rhetoric that's been fueled by politicians like Justin Trudeau and Mayor Jyoti Gondek here in Calgary, and then it's being enforced by police. Um, people, unfortunately, they believe it and they swallow it whole when it's categorically not what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing people of all backgrounds. In fact, even this weekend at the rally, James Top, who I have an exclusive interview coming up uh, shortly with, um, he was at the rally. Um, and he was speaking to a large crowd. And a, a lady, she she may have been homeless. I don't, I don't know. She kind of went up. It was kind of a bit of an awkward experience, but she was actually an Indigenous lady. Um, and I, she kind of started talking to him and he let her take the mic. And she just said she loved him and she's so proud of what he's doing. And she's like, it's good to be a strong Indigenous woman. Um, and the whole crowd was roaring, like cheering for this random lady who walked up and took the mic. So hardly the uh, Hong Kong, Kale, Hitler, white supremacists that they would lead you to believe are attending these rallies.
0: And here's the thing, Adam, I think if you're in a debate with somebody or you have a hater passing by and they play the Hitler card or the Nazi card, they've automatically lost the argument. Um, I'm not saying you cannot make a comparison to someone as being a Nazi or Adolf Hitler, but the benchmark is very high. And here's the benchmark. If you're part of a government hellbent on world uh, conquest and you're carrying out a genocide, Yeah, that's kind of Nazi-ish. That's kind of Hitler-ish. But if you have a divergent opinion, that is not equitable to being called a a Nazi, uh, being compared to Adolf Hitler. But this is the thing with the the left, Adam. It came into vogue uh, around Donald Trump becoming uh, president. And it's simply this, uh, that phrase, uh, punch a Nazi. Now, again, this is not punching someone who is advocating world conquest or a genocide. This is punching somebody who has a differing opinion, okay? so this is legitimizing violence, not against anyone who has committed a crime, not against, not for the purposes of self-defense, which is legitimate, but simply because that person doesn't think like you do. How far has liberalism come, Adam? I mean, when I think of classical liberalism, I'm thinking of all the things we hold dear, freedom of speech, of assembly, of expression, um, of the press but that's gone by the wayside. It is now groupthink, Or you are, therefore, a Nazi, and therefore, I have the right uh, to violence. Um, And maybe the most uh, recent example of that was last Sunday, uh, my friend, when Will Smith (laughs) decided to smack uh, Chris Rock. Probably would have done it if Chris Rock was the Rock, I think. But uh, (laughs) in any event, uh, this is a very disturbing trend, I see, uh, with the left being so cavalier with these despicable descriptors
1: Well, and you see it in place with the police force themselves. There's this underlying irony. The message with everyone from Justin Trudeau to Antifa is like, oh, socialism and love and rainbows and puppies. But then they're the first people to have uh, horses run over ladies on mobility scooters. Antifa, they profess to be anti-fascist, but they and they come after us and they call me a fascist and they yell at me. And then they threaten violence and they get violent to enforce their ideas. On other people, there was a group of people within history who used violence to enforce their reign over other people. They were called fascists. Yes. Um, so it's extremely interesting to see uh, liberal progressivism in so inclined towards violence and destruction. And you saw a bunch of liberals when Will Smith uh, attacked somebody over a joke. And someone already said they don't want to hear about Will Smith today, so we're not going to talk about it anymore. But we <laughs> th- we saw we saw sort of a bloodlust. It's like this gladiator arena where we, we we see these people wanting to be targeted and the other example of it is pastors here in alberta and pastors across canada indeed but when we see these pastors being hauled in pastor arthur Pfelewski was in jail for 51 days for ultimately preaching at the Coots blockade, um, opening up his church and feeding homeless people. Predominantly, the crux of his ire from the government is for feeding homeless people. And this isn't a stunt or they say they feed homeless people. This is where the homeless people go to food on these set days. So they're genuinely feeding homeless people. People are saying, lock him back up, throw him back up after everything he's been through for doing this, they want people to suffer who don't align with their values, even if the, the values they don't agree with is feeding homeless people. It's absolutely unbelievable to see, and we saw it again this weekend with Pastor uh, Derek Reimer being targeted, being arrested for effectively he runs a church like Archer Archer that feeds people on the street. The injunction was selectively enforced against him by these officers doing the bidding and clearly politically targeting individuals, not not evenly applying the law. They're going after pastors now. And, and then the left, the progressive left, the same people espousing for this type of violence, they just love it.
0: No, well, Adam, you said a lot there. Uh, a couple of things when it comes to Antifa using intimidation and violence. Um, antifa is a contraction of anti-fascists, but they use the methodology of fascists to get their way. They're not anti-fa, they're simply fa. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, secondly, with these pastors... Feeding the homeless. And I've never understood the explanation, the ostensible policy reason here, Adam, why they're being ticketed and arrested and doing jail time. Uh even at the very height of the pandemic. We have pastors going outside feeding the homeless because uh, COVID might kill you. It's a very slight chance, but I can tell you this much, folks: starvation, 100%, will definitely kill you. In any event, they're going. They're in an outdoor environment serving the homeless food, and yet just down the road, Costco, Walmart, uh, packed to the gills with people. Business as usual. Yep. Adam. How how can you square this logically?
1: Well, the thing is, is you can't. And the fact that you don't understand it indicates only that there's some sanity remaining with you, David, which is good <laughs> news. Uh, but th- that's the problem. Is is. All of these policies from the get-go, and because we're on YouTube, we don't need to get too much into health orders, but just generally speaking, honking here is okay, honking here is not okay, protesting here is okay. In fact, Dina Hinshaw, when there's pro-Palestinian protests, changed the law, so protests were allowed um, under certain conditions as soon as that started happening. So th- there's a rule for me, not for thee, it's political and ideological enforcement. It is clearly not rational or evidence-based, um, they're just kind of reacting based on what pol- politicians are saying, rather than looking at the evidence, rather than looking at the facts. And this is a criticism that has come from the left and the right alike, or the freedom-inclined or the lockdown-inclined. Like, regardless of of which province you're in, the ultra-progressive liberal types are saying, well, your response isn't evidence-based, and we're not looking at the right facts. Um, They're saying we should lock down more. But regardless, there's the unanimous uh, agreement that, well, your policies aren't really evidence-based. You're just kind of doing things, political signaling, doing what other provinces are doing to sort of measure up and uh, keep up with the neighbors. But there's not a lot of rationality behind any of this, Um, particularly when we think about in the case of these pastors, plus he spent more time in jail, especially when you consider extra credit for pretrial custody, then he will spend, if he's charged on almost
0: all... Oh, we are... Losing uh, Adam, it seems. Uh, So while we deal with those technical difficulties, why don't we throw to an excerpt of Adam's uh, wonderful interview with uh, Pastor Art Pawlowski, something you would never see in the mainstream media, folks, because they're the cheerleaders for lockdowns and for arresting people. It's almost... Hard to believe they're even able to type copy, given that their pom-poms are so firmly affixed to their wrists. So here's um, a brief excerpt of Adam with Pastor Art a testimony very much to your character.
1: You just spent 51 days incarcerated very much as a political prisoner. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the transfer to Edmonton, some of those other things. Um, It's also very interesting to hear the sort of dehumanization, them trying to turn you into a number, very clockwork orange-esque, trying to reduce you to just a number um, and to just a prisoner, trying to revoke your identity. But it's so striking to me that your principal concern here is the treatment of those other people and how the system will not lead to their Uh, remediation lead to their salvation, surely, in your perspective. Um, I just wanted to ask, obviously, you don't want to be incarcerated. Obviously, you don't want to be behind bars. But do you feel as a pastor that, to some extent, you were needed there, that these people needed you, that there was a, a higher purpose to your incarceration beyond the government persecution and prosecution?
2: Let me answer this with the words of the inmates. And they said... Just don't go. Hmm. Yeah. Take your time. Yeah. Those boys have no one. They're left alone in the hands of the beast. Friend of mine was just beaten by a guard just a few days ago for nothing. Punched in the head. You know why? Because he says he likes me. And he likes the prayers. And I'm not a bad guy. So in the middle of the night, two came and and showed him that that's unacceptable. He was placed in solitary for fourteen days.
1: That's good. That uh, you know, it was something to see. Sorry about that. Skype randomly that's... shut down on me, but uh, oh. the uh, it was it was incredible to see. You know, like for anyone who has sort of misgivings or apprehensions about Arthur poplowski he's more aware of the fa- more than aware of the fact that he sort of preaches strongly and he brings about a persona. But after 51 days as a political prisoner, after facing Uh, five arrests, three incarcerations, all for feeding the homeless. Um, And this stemming from the fact his son, Nathaniel, who's been in some of our videos, people likely know this, but um, when he was born, he was not very likely to survive. And at that point, Pastor Arthur, who was living a very different life, basically got down on his knees and said, God, you know what? If you can help my son, my whole life is for you. That set him on this path this completely uh, principled and unflinching path where it doesn't matter what they're going to do, he's serving God. God has told him that these people who attend his church, some of them dealing with addictions and challenges, his commitment was he's going to be there for them. Homeless people, as you said, who don't cease being hungry simply because uh, the government implements mandates, he's not going to abandon those people. He will be there for him. So that's the type of man this is for people out there who are apprehensive. And after fifty-one days of political imprisonment, I'm speaking to him. He we asked him about his conditions. We asked him about his about like how it was. He almost exclusively wanted to talk about the other people and how hard it is and how much he wishes he could be there for them, to the point where he was weeping for these boys, he calls them his boys in jail. This man loves so much, and there, there's people out there who call him hateful, call him bigoted, call him whatever else. It's categorically not true. That interview right there, it's touched so many hearts, and it's because people can really see what Pastor Arthur Pawlewski is about. This weekend at the protests, at least 100 people came up to me. A number of them said they cried watching the interview. Um it, this is a this is a story that is going to live on. And long after these politicians who have implemented this, these authorities who have imprisoned this man, this is the history books. This is the stuff of history books that we're going to be looking back on and saying, how did we get to that point? Pastor Arthur Pawlowski is very much, there's been lots of pastors, there's been lots of ticketing, there's been lots of persecution. But his story is, I think, the one that has captured the minds of and imaginations of so many people, international attention, to what is happening here in Alberta,
0: Adam? That was a very profound interview you had uh, with Pastor Art. Uh, that anecdote that he referred to—I uh, that's the second time I've heard that anecdote. I I, I still can't believe my ears. Um, assuming it's true, and I have absolutely uh, nothing to doubt my to doubt Pastor Art that it's nothing but the truth. The fact that an inmate said that he liked. Uh, Pastor Art or what he was preaching, and he got physically slugged by a guard and put into solitary? Uh, on what basis? Th- this is grotesque. Yeah. It's, and it's, you know what,
1: I, I've i had, some of this may seem so surreal, even talks about access to drugs and some of the other unbelievable stuff that was going on being stuck in solitary. Well, th- lots of this is confirmed in courts um, and was discussed. And, and, and a, a, evidently, some of this is under a publication ban. Um, some of the details, so we won't get into it so much, but it seems like a great deal of this is sort of verifiable. Um, but the other sort of extremely troubling thing is I've probably had 20 people either email me or call me or come up to me at rallies who've done time confirming that this is what it's like 100 percent that this is the case and the thing that really solidified it for me we've we covered the release of pastor tim stevens i was there i think sheila was on location when pastor james coates was there you go up you're very professional you just say okay where can we go um so people were gathered to greet pastor Arthur when he was released um and the prison guards basically came out the correctional officers and said uh, if he talks to anybody. We're going to arrest him again immediately. Um, He has to leave immediately. And so the people started clearing out. And then I just very kindly and the guard said, stay back behind this barricade. And I said, no problem. I I was complying. I wasn't being difficult in any way, shape or form uh, beyond saying, well, we're going to film this because we want to make sure he gets out. Um, So I said, "Okay, so where can we as media go without compromising is released? Like, where's where's a reasonable place that we can cover this? So the one guard was kind of saying, well, there is a barricade for security reasons. He was being reasonable. The other correctional officer basically literally like, like kind of did like one of these like get out of here kind of fist shake hand waves and scoffed. And a bunch of people with us reacted. Then he walks around and I said, what are you doing? Why are you talking to me like that? I very respectfully asked what's going on. And he says, I don't talk to Rebel News. um and walks away and i i said hey buddy we hold you accountable it's not the other way around we've covered dozens of releases here but margenna pastor archer's wife said that and it's funny because a bunch of sheriffs and corrections officers after came over and said that wasn't right we watch you we like you um but Margena said that corrections officer and a few other ones were actually right in front of archer and margenna talking about rebel news, like condescendingly. I, I want to I keep in mind for folks out there that a pastor is a political prisoner was in jail for 51 days. We're the only real news outlet because we're the only media outlet that showed up to cover it. No one else was there other than maybe the independent journalist, but there was no media outlets to cover the release of this pastor. And this guy has the audacity to talk to me. If you're willing to scoff and sort of wave your hand off like this and condescend towards media with cameras rolling, I have no doubt that you're willing to engage in some questionable conduct with prisoners when there's no cameras on you?
0: Well, you know, uh, Adam, that's an excellent point. Uh, yes, because if they're that brazen outdoors and on camera, my goodness, what are they doing in the darkness yeah. of those prison cells? And if Misery Loves Company, and maybe uh, Super Producer uh, Olivia can dredge this up, last year I went to a female penitentiary in uh, Kitchener, Ontario, and there was a protest there of uh, women who are complaining about, and here's another reason to question the justice system, that because of the Justin Trudeau liberals, uh, men can now serve time as women. You just merely have to say you identify as woman. You don't have to slice and dice your genitalia. You don't have to take hormone shots. And we were doing a setup uh, sort of on the grassy berm uh, where you know the prison is. And um, two prison guards, female prison guards, came out and said uh, we had to leave. They were more concerned about us doing a stand-up. on. And by the way, we weren't even going to the door. We weren't asking for any kind of interview from them. They came to us. They were more concerned about that than the mm-hmm. what the protesters had to say, that female penitentiaries are turning into unsafe places, and they even— called the police on us. I don't know if uh, if Olivia finds that. I'll throw to that and you'll just show, we can just show you how uh, how we were treated by the prison guards and uh, what Sergeant Hand of the Waterloo Regional Police had to say because I think he said it all in his quotation. Do we have that, Olivia? That is it, yes. If you go back to right, right from the beginning of the opening, uh, the cold open. Okay, then well, we'll have that in a second, but... Well, Olivia's queuing that up, Adam. You've said a couple of things. you referred to two of my favorite pop culture movies and TV shows, A Clockwork Orange and The Prisoner. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past this government to embrace the kind of techniques you saw in those movies. A Clockwork Orange uh, with, uh, written by Anthony Burgess, uh, filmed by uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, a masterpiece, um, the drugish thug um, uh, Alex being Reconditioned. Six, double,
1: five,
0: three, two, one. <laughs> there you go. Uh by various means, so that he um for having wrong thoughts, he actually gets physically ill. And of course, the prisoner, the titular character, um put on an island, stripped of his name, given a number, number six, if uh memory serves me uh well, and um again uh dehumanized and the way we're going, and when I say we, I'm not talking about places like North Korea or Iran. I'm talking about sure. Western democracies like Canada, especially when you see in the works, uh, and it's on the front burner, Bill C-11, the internet censorship bill, Um it's like we're heading towards a clockwork orange prisoner uh dystopian future in many respects uh i'll let you think about that as we roll uh what i encountered similar to what adam encountered uh just hostility from prison guards for no justifi- justifiable reason folks i was just uh called by the uh, person
3: that's manager here yeah uh, and they were they know you were coming they yeah. had, you had a conversation with them uh, there was a, a small complaint that um, someone with a camera and a microphone might have gone onto the property so their concern is uh, the privacy of the people inside the institution no problem with everybody being here uh, you have the right to, uh, to do what you're doing here but they just ask that nobody actually go to the property. Yeah. If that's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I'll hey, officer, if I can, I, I'm David Menzies with Rebel News. What do you think about biological males being put in the same penal institution as biological females? Unfortunately, you're going to have to phone uh,
3: headquarters and talk to the media relations department. So you don't have an opinion on that yourself, sir? Uh, I can't give you an opinion, but uh, the media relations department can certainly help you with that.
0: Officer, right. one last thing. If I do get arrested for trespassing, I wanted to. Declare to you, Officer Hand, that I, right now, identify as a female, and if I'm found guilty, I want to be incarcerated in that building. Is that okay?
3: Well, this is a federal prison, sir,
0: and I, nobody
3: said it, anything about getting arrested today. Okay, but if I do, I want to be known as a female
0: as of this moment. Uh, sir, you have the right to do whatever you want. Apparently so. Sir, so yet again, folks. Sir, did he assume? <laughs> I know how dare he misgender me. It's ma'am. It's ma'am. Damn it! He <laughs> uh, just said that. Adam, does that not speak volumes? You have the right to be whatever you want to be. Yeah, so right now I'm a female. In 20 minutes, I'll be, ai don't know, a Westinghouse toaster, I suppose. But, you know, uh, if you think we were trying to orchestrate a prison break, folks, the trespass he's talking about is we were maybe one or two metres off the public sidewalk on a grassy berm in front of the prison just to do a stand-up to show the signage indicating the prison— and that evidently set off the uh, the alarm bells. I mean, you might get the idea from you know the uh, a sergeant being dispatched. We were bringing um, ladders and saws yeah. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to that correctional facility. To um, penile correctional facility. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, a lot of penile going on and behind those doors, even though it's a mm-hmm. woman's facility. But um, again. You see this. You see the likes of a, um, a first-degree murderer, Omar Carter, getting 10.5 million bucks for hurt feelings. Uh, you see uh, that poor guy uh, saying that he likes Pastor Art Sermon, uh, doing getting physically hit and being put allegedly into uh, isolation for two weeks. And you, you wonder why, Adam, it is that so many Canadians have a questionable opinion. About the justice system in this land,
1: yeah, oh, for sure. And I mean, you you see this uh, time and time again. i I could be wrong, but I believe the uh, person who rammed one of the freedom protests with their vehicle got bail. and then Pastor he yes. doesn't get bail. um there there's a clear double standard here in place. and I, I I don't know if these people realize, like whether it's the police officers, whether it's the courts, but I don't know if they realize like the fundamental damage that they're doing. And I want to jump back a little bit. We talked about sort of the hyperbolic language that you can sometimes see with comparisons to Hitler. Very often what we see with these people, and even Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, um, when he says this, he clarifies this. We saw Brian Dennison say this as well. The, the media will say that they're comparing the treatment of people to what Hitler did to uh, to many people, millions of people, um, Jews and, and Christians and Catholics and disabled people and whatever it may be, millions of people, the horrible things he did. That's not what's happening. All these people, whether it be Brian Dennison or Pastor Art Poblowski, um, for in the case of the Poblowskis, many Eastern Europeans who their families saw this firsthand, they're saying, even uh, people from South America, Venezuela, Cuba, they're saying what we're seeing now is the early steps of dictatorial decline. Yeah. So they're saying they're saying as a cautionary tale, and most of them are very clear. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski has made clear that he's saying we're not in the height of the worst, one of the worst sort of uh, genocides in history. He's saying that we're seeing some of the starting steps unfold. And when you see selective enforcements of law, when you see the courts that are supposed to uphold the law seemingly being wielded um, to to target certain people who don't have the right ideas, while murderers and terrorists get breaks um, and are granted bail. It's right. And it's sane to be concerned that there is a decline to some of the fundamental building blocks that make Canada a free country.
0: Oh, 100 percent, Adam. And, you know, it's funny. We're also seeing, I think, um, when whether you're campaigning against uh, whatever uh, the issue might be uh, more relevant. It's been in the last two years, the restrictions and the lockdowns thanks to the coronavirus. Um People who are on side with the restrictions, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, so I, I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm gung-ho in them getting uh, rounded up. It doesn't affect my particular brand of freedom of speech. And then we have the police. Um, I don't know how many times I've heard the phrase uh, just following orders when you try to question yeah. them. And then when it starts to affect you, and here's the real perverse irony, I think, Adam, Because it's now starting to affect, lo and behold, the Calgary police officers. Uh, The thin blue line patch is now uh, being um, deemed verboten. They are not, they're being told you're not allowed to wear it. So suddenly, I wonder what these officers, if they would speak um, frankly what they would say in terms of uh, we didn't care about their free speech and I'm just following orders. And now the mayor is saying, get those offensive patches off your uniform. Do we have any video of that, uh, by the way, Adam? Or uh... Yeah, I did. I
1: did have an interview with retired okay. or resigned rather uh, Constable Brian Dennison, who originally resigned over COVID-19 mandates. Um, but the police, they actually are for once taking a stand. So this weekend, we did see all those Thin blue lines. Oh yeah, here's, here's the Brian Dennison interview. And um, we can we can jump to that audio if, uh, if you want. Okay. I don't agree with you. Uh, and what they do is they'll cancel you. And that's happening a lot now. So I think what it has turned into is uh, the police who have been arm's length from any government are now embraced by the government and they're actually doing the government's bidding. Yeah, so it's here for rebel, That's good. We can get there. I can kind of kind of wrap up what we went through, but so but basically, what what we're seeing, even John Orr from the Calgary Police Association, um, he's the president. And they basically advocate on behalf of the officers. They said no. Like they, they said we're not doing this. Um, overtly. So basically, you have the Calgary Police Commission, the chief and the mayor who are sort of progressive activists and ideologues saying you can't do this anymore. And they just said no. Um, I think we're seeing um, we have seen sort of unofficial um, breakdowns from the, the cohesion between the chief and the officers. The first couple months of these protests uh, some of the officers with their masks on might sort of give us a nod or lean in and say we really support what you're doing um, now we can walk by the protests and there's clear division some people are militant and give you the stink eye but there's large groups of police officers who will say hey Adam thanks for doing that interview with Brian we really appreciate it um, they will have that conversation overtly and without hiding it they'll wave from across the street when their bosses are around um, they they're 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 public and this. but this thin blue line i think crossed the line for them because there was very much uh well we don't quite necessarily agree with what we're doing but at least we're unified and we can stand together now the chief is saying oh well you're symbol of unity we're going to take that away too and the most vexing thing about all this is the police chief isn't concerned with the increasing crime and all this other stuff that's going on serious criminality um, he isn't concerned about pastors being arrested left right and center international be- attention being brought to his abusive police force he's like oh we ha- we really have to focus on getting rid of this meaning of well, this symbol that the meaning they're attributing to it. No one thinks it people see the thin blue line and they think, Oh, good. Like uh, for fallen officers and unity among police officers, that's the extent of it for anybody. They're bringing in all this like critical race theory and talks about yeah. it's an oppression. It, it, it's not there. Nobody sees that. Nobody thinks that when they see that symbol. Um, and so the police are saying enough is enough. We're not going to go along with this." Now I'd hoped this might be the start of police saying, no, we didn't see that on the weekend. They were handing out the tickets. They were arresting pastors. But at least there's the start of something where they're, they're starting to push back a little bit.
0: Yeah, but wait a minute, Adam. Here's the thing. And by the way, uh, that's wonderful to hear that there are members of the Calgary Police Service that are you know, giving you the thumbs up when their superiors are not around. Because as far as I can tell, the Calgary Police Service is right up there with the Montreal Police Service and the RCMP as the absolute worst police force in Canada these days. But that aside, don't you find it downright perverse that here is a mandate where they're told not to wear the thin Uh, thin blue line patch on their uniforms. And many officers are saying, no, I'm going to do that. And yet... They're still going out there and enforcing the injunction against, oh, gathering at a public park, honking one's horn. I mean, I think that's outrageous. Like, I'm glad they're taking a show of defiance. But if they're doing Mm -hmm. that kind of defiance, they should turn the other cheek to honking horns, uh, protesting the the, the lockdown mandates and gathering in a park, shouldn't they?
1: Yeah. You know what I honestly wonder, though, is... I think that there is a categorical ineptitude within the police force, um, particularly with police chief Mark Neufeld, because if that's not the, cl- the case, they're completely lying about absolutely everything. But the amount of times that we have seen like factual errors in statements, like the arrest of Devlin Gannon, extremely dramatic, he was simply asking them, what rule is being broken the protest is over we're not using amplification what exactly are we doing wrong here unless there's some footnotes or or tiny script the core tenets of the injunction you're allowed to sit in a park. You just can't use amplification. You can't be doing this stuff. So he's asking them what's going on. And one of the cops says, well, you're not allowed to have more than 50 people together, which is not, to the best of my understanding, in the injunction. That's false. Then you have this arrest where we saw the footage or, sorry, the ticketing for the honking. And that guy's saying, oh, this injunction doesn't apply to those people. A couple weeks ago, the police chief was asked by either a global or a CTV reporter, I believe. Um, well, David Pawlowski, he's got this compelled speech mandate against him. Why wasn't he arrested after speaking? Well, the facts are that compelled speech mandated was stayed and it's pending appeal so it doesn't apply but the police chief the Pavlowskis are one of the highest profile stories in the city the police chief said he's not familiar with those facts i mean if he's not familiar with those facts he's, he, i don't believe that one but the, the ineptitude and the lack of communication um after this arrest took place on the weekend of pastor derek reimer a group of police biked around the corner and they were basically verbally accosted by everybody. Um, And then they biked away. So I went over to talk to them quickly. It was raining heavily, camera equipment was starting to go down. So just as I'm walking by, I happen to see them and I asked them and they were like that we got a call around the corner to an alley about a passed out guy. And we come around the corner and people are screaming at us. They didn't even know an arrest had taken place. Um, so they, people are screaming at them asking why they did it and they didn't even know what was happening. So there seems to be some organizing, organizational disjunction. And I wonder if it's intentional, where they don't inform the people necessarily, and they're just saying, you go do this, you go do that. But on these higher profile cases, a known entity like Pastor Arthur Pawlewski, um, a known entity like Pastor Derek Reimer, they, it's always the same few cops. Kian wisely, K2 wisely pointed out. Um, it's it's the same cops very often being used who are clearly willing to do this. Oddly, some of those cops are happy to speak to us when there's no cameras rolling um, and they're rather friendly and they want some of our content. But the, there seems to be these few officers who have no problem simply just doing what they're told, um, even if it doesn't necessarily make sense. But there is clearly some either flat out lying or categorical ineptitude taking place. Yeah, oh. there's the shot with uh, Pastor Archer uh, giving one of his first tickets and then Pastor Reimer being arrested the other day when I was there. So um, same guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh,
0: you anyway, know he's what? He's not taken. That is interesting because he's uh, really all down with the revolution in terms of clamping down with the protests. And that's the thing with every police service you get. uh, There are some awful police officers and there's some great ones. It's the same with every profession, Uh, doctors, lawyers, journalists, for sure. Right, Adam. But I want to go back to what you said earlier. And that is how is, you know, no amplification a thing because i'm assuming in the weeks ahead things are going to get warmer in calgary much like they're going to get warmer all across the country so are the cops going after the ice cream trucks are they going after those uh, j- jabronis in their tricked up honda civics playing their stereo at full blast or uh that kind of amplification is that okay what do you think
1: you know, it's I can tell you directly, the wild thing that we saw here is just prior to Pastor Derek Reimer being arrested, as I mentioned, they said well this 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 cop i think they were wrong but they said oh the injunction only applies to this protest well pastor derek was in no way shape or form involved in the protest (laughs) he was doing his normal street church uh, on the street corner where they are every saturday nothing to do with the protest and they they arrested him under this injunction of amplification the unbelievable thing though is is they were playing music over the amplifier all day and there was no incident whatsoever (laughs) no enforcement after he was arrested they went back to playing music and there was no incident whatsoever. But while he started preaching as a pastor over amplification, suddenly we saw enforcement of the amplification injunction against this one individual.
0: Absolutely egregious. And again, uh, these visuals is really all you need to bring into court, I think, Adam, to show a justice uh, that, listen, look at the double standard. Look how it's a very selective law. Therefore, I don't think these uh, tickets are going to, you know, uh, come to fruition in terms of uh, these people being held guilty. It, it is absolutely despicable. And I guess to close the circle on what's going on in uh, certain regions of Alberta, the UCP leadership uh, convention yep. is coming up, and there is a tie to this, Adam. I think, because I think the buck stops with Premier Kenny, and I think. He has really demoralized a big part of his base by allowing these uh, health services necromancers, as our friend Sheila likes to call them, and the police (laughs) to clamp down on our basic freedoms. I think it might hurt them. Now, I asked Sheila a few weeks ago, um, is there any possibility— of uh jason kenney um having to step down as a result of this convention she said she wouldn't bet yay or nay it's literally too close to call what is your uh what are your f- thoughts on this adam
1: yeah you know i i think that it could be close i think people are demoralized uh but i think that there's probably i get he needs 50 plus percent plus one to say no for right. a leadership to be triggered um and i I'm not sure. When we attended the last UCP uh, AGM, Kian and I were on hand. Um, the general sentiment, and I mean, it's maybe not entirely inaccurate aside from some of the pipeline stuff, which largely was at the behest of Joe Biden and other things, but uh, there has been some good economic recovery compared to other provinces. Even we did a campaign, and I'm gonna be speaking with RJ Sigurdsson soon, about some of the serious issues with AHS, I send this long detailed email, and within a week, they actually had a committee and were addressing a whole bunch of the issues. Um, And a couple weeks later, they announced further sort of corrections of some of the criticisms. I think there is a sentiment out there among people who don't care about freedom issues, um, that well, he's been good at the other stuff, but when I was at the UCP AGM, I spoke to somebody um, and he was talking about Jason Kenney. I think he wrapped it up perfectly. It's like you can be good on all your fundamentals nine out of 10, but if you miss that basket in the championship game, you're not Michael Jordan. Mm. And he says, freedom, the fundamental issue of freedom, COVID 19 restrictions, all these past arrests, all of this, Jason Kenney has fundamentally missed when it mattered most on those issues. But I think the issue here and the reason Jason Kenney may maintain it, and if he does maintain it, we we may have an NDP government again. That is one of the concerns. So if it was to shift, it would likely be people saying, Jason Kenney can't win again. People hate him. Um, we need to get somebody who can beat the NDP in the next election. That would be the source of the shift, I think. Um, the issue is, though, is the people many of them very good people, Um, but they're people just from Alberta's political past who've always wanted to be leader. It isn't some new voice saying enough is enough, we need a change, or someone who's been Toiling behind the scenes. Um, We basically have Brian Jean, who lost out in the leadership race, uh, very beloved, was successful in acquiring a nomination within the UCP, uh, has declared his intention to run. He might be the person most likely to come back, but for many people, he's the person they already didn't vote for, and they voted for Jason Kenney instead because he maybe wasn't conservative enough or didn't have these sort of set values. So Brian Jean very much liked, but I'm not sure if he's the guy to take it away. Um, He's hoping to be. Danielle Smith is as well recently entered. She's actually had a pretty uh, post-political, prolific career as a solid journalist, doing some very good work. I've worked with her on a number of things. So I think she's very well sort of liked now compared to then But I think the second her name reenters into the political conversation, when I've mentioned it to anybody, and this is no shot against Danielle for me, but immediately they say, oh, the floor crosser, Um, that is sort of the political legacy associated with her name. So I don't know, despite the fact she's probably the most freedom oriented, she's definitely libertarian, likely to back away from some of these measures more than anybody else. Brian Jean hasn't really committed to do that quite so much, but I don't know because of that political baggage if people are willing to look beyond it. So I think if someone really strong came up again, now Brian Jean, likely the strongest candidate, they could take this. But what we have is the politicians from 5, 10 years ago coming back again, trying to make a name for themselves. It's not new. It's not exciting. feels like the same old, same old. So um, it it remains to be seen, but uh, we will have that information. We'll be sure to be covering it. We might do a live stream during that. We might sort of be on location. Most of it's being done through mail-in, so it's not going to be quite – the live, exciting coverage that we had hoped for, uh, but we will be bringing you the latest on that. And uh, it's close; it's very close. Um, that- the, the other thing—the other two thing—that's really interesting here too is uh, Jason Kenney has actually, I believe, admitted that he's had conversations regarding. Um, some of the questionable stuff that took place in the original leadership bid, many people asking similar questions with this mail-in mechanism if there's going to be funny business. So there's some doubt and hesitancy and and, and a story there as well, for sure.
0: Well, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of drama this year compared to other years. That's for sure, Adam. And I just want to go back to one thing you said. Um, What's on the plus side of the ledger for uh, Premier Kenny is the economy showing signs of recovery. But Adam, wouldn't you say that a lot of that recovery is directly tied to the surging price of a barrel of oil right now. And that's really due to so many factors around the world right now, as opposed to any kind of Kenny uh, economic policies, or have I got that wrong?
1: Mostly, I mean, uh, that, that is sort of uh, the, the facts of the matter when you're talking about any sort of energy industry rich uh, resource Place clearly, he hasn't really been successful in getting a bunch of new pipelines done or done any of that sort of stuff. But he has been somewhat successful in bringing in new businesses. Um, there's there's a, a a couple of Amazon sort of outlets and distribution cells. I mean, Amazon's growing so fast that's probably going to happen anyways. Um, a new uh, an aircraft manufacturer is setting up base here. So some new business is being brought in by the government. Of course, they're going to try and cash in credit anytime a business decides to come here. Um, so I don't know how much credit can be. But as with all things in politics, if things are going well, the politicians take credit. If they're going poorly, they take blame, whether or not they have much uh, weight in it. Um, I I think very much, I don't think he's made any sort of heroic efforts or done anything beyond cutting the taxes on gas to help people out. Um, But I I, I don't think he's necessarily done anything particularly heroic. But he hasn't been entirely, aside from some of the XL pipeline sort of investment blunders, he hasn't been entirely a on fiscal issues which sadly is good enough for conservatives <laughs> um, compared to the ndp though th- this is it though is is anyone who's concerned about the economy rachel notley constantly talks about helping the poor people and then she's voting in favor of all these massive carbon tax increases 100%. Um, so i think yeah. people people are strateg- strategically rather saying how do we keep her out can kenny do it can i don't think it's a matter of who do we like and who do we want and who do we really believe in anymore? It's who can keep the wicked witch of the NDP at bay, because they're seriously concerned about the massive economic damage that could happen. And I mean, I if she had the power, we would be under lockdowns forever. I, I don't doubt that there'd be forced vaccinations. Um, she's advocated for some pretty scary restrictions. Um, so, so I think that the The UCP, even under Jason Kenney, unbelievably, even with all these pastor arrests, all of this stuff, it would be far worse under Rachel Notley. So I think people are uh, strategizing around that a great deal.
0: Still, Adam, it is scary because you know when I look back at Rachel Notley and the NDP forming government in Alberta, uh, I wrote that off as a once in a generation, multi-generation anomaly. Uh, There was a perfect storm that had been created. Some would say that perfect storm might be recreated and she's back in, which is absolutely staggering. But uh, we'll see what happens at the UCP convention. We've only got five minutes left before it's um, one o'clock Eastern time. So we should get to some of those chats, I do believe, assuming we have chats. And we do, I've been told. And from Annalisa1964, $10. Good morning, sweet Menzie and Adam. Well, good morning to you, Annalisa. It's already afternoon here, um, but thank you for being so generous as usual with that $10 donation. And we have Harper will always be my PM. Is that right? Um, uh, $1.00. If Calgary cops are so bored that they can sit all day looking for horn being used, does Calgary seriously need so many clowns milking taxpayers for over $400 million a year? Well, Adam, uh, it's a good point. Um, I think if you're going to have some kind of phony baloney, no amplification uh, law, um, then why is it being selectively targeted to the freedom rally people?
1: And I mean, talking about the allocation of resources, we've seen like SWAT teams and dozens of officers taking Pastor Arthur out. He's never been violent. If they ask him to show up at a court, he does. It's this massive spectacle this weekend. Like I said, we've got these cars lined up and police lined up. Uh, they aren't watching the protests or keeping an eye on that to ensure it's peaceful. They're literally just staring at the road. And, and I, I saw one of the officers. It might have been that guy who did the arrest, actually, the other day. And I was walking back to my car, park, uh, where I parked after the rally. And this, this, I just look at him and I just kind of gave him this. He's running out to the street and writing down plates and radioing ahead. And they've got 10, 20 cops, all these cop cars allocated towards uh, – well, it's very serious, though. They're saying Hail Hitler with their horns, so they must yeah. must, must be stopped. So
0: I would love to have gotten one of those tickets. I'd love to look forward to my day in court to make a mockery of this, but uh, unbelievable. R- r- Really quickly on those tickets, I do want to mention,
1: I did an interview with uh, uh, Farouk of Paul's Pizza in Airdrie. Uh, do confirm this on social media, but I think he's giving free pizza to anyone who gets an $81 ticket. You just show up with your ticket and you get a free pizza. Paul's Pizza, Airdrie. Check out their social media. My uh, my wife and someone messaged to me as well. So I think you get a pizza if you get an $81 ticket. So.
0: That's hilarious. I mean, I, it reminds me, I don't know if the, the Toronto Raptors still do this, but they certainly used to have... A promotion that if the combined score of the two teams exceeds 200 points bring your ticket stub to pizza pizza i think it was you need to get a free slice so yeah. we got the same sort of thing going on here except yeah. it's for a heil hitler ticket unbelievable yeah. um let's see what else we have harper will always be my pm another dollar i read Ellen elon musk now owns biggest part of Twitter. I wonder if he plans to clean up the mess there. I think what is it? Seven percent? I think it is. I think I think nine. Nine? Think you, yeah. And, it, could and and it could be seven. I could be. To be the largest shareholder, what does he need? I I I don't know if this is true or not. I I thought I, thought, I heard it was in the the realm of. It's not not a lot, like fifteen or something like that. Adam, yeah, is I that heard- correct? I think in the 15 to 22 range.
1: Yeah. And then you also need a position on the board in order to basically be in charge. But it's interesting because he started tweeting about this recently. He's sort of like the Donald Trump of, corporate america where he just like get he doesn't like something so he just does something he doesn't yeah. really consult anybody he just kind of does it but uh he, he's uh, i think he's on that route i don't think he bought uh i don't think he bought nine seven to nine percent of twitter just own seven to nine percent of twitter i think this is a play um to restore some freedom uh, get some balance back out there and allow opinions to be heard so i'm sure there'll be more coming on that well, I'd love
0: to see regime change there. I mean, that new jabroni in charge, he makes Jack Dorsey look like a uh, First Amendment uh, fanatic, uh, for goodness sakes, yeah. the, the way that uh, you know platform is going. And, and I want to say this too, um, Adam, that what really bothers me about the Twitters, the Facebooks, the YouTubes of the world, when we go back some 15 years ago uh, to their genesis, um, the way you know the the bait and switch way they advertise these platforms. Come one, come all. This is the wild west of free speech, and then once they attained critical mass, Adam, they went, okay, you, 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 and you. Out, you're banished. And um and it was really quite incredible the business model, too, and the chutzpah behind being selective, because when they reached out to people and these were celebrities, these were um, you know, very known commentators, you name it. They're getting the content for free and it's good content. And then once again, like I said, when they got critical mass, they could be choosy regarding what kind of free speech they like. I think it is so despicable. Uh, I despise how Silicon Valley is now not all about free speech, but rather about censorious thugs.
1: Well, and you know what? It, the market self-corrects. Like, YouTube had such a massive monopoly. Any other sort of video outlet that popped up was sort of a fringe, who needs it sort of thing. YouTube had the entire market. They, they had it cornered. Um, they shot themselves in the foot, and now we're seeing Odyssey, Super U, Rumble, all these other platforms Blowing up in this niche market, yeah. um, you're also seeing people, whether it be Joe Rogan, jo- Jordan Peterson, who are saying, "Well, I'm I'm going to give my energy and resources, Elon Musk, even to outlets that." allow free speech, allow free exchange of ideas, and then so those industries are growing. So they may have thought in the short term, well, we're going to tip our hat to our uh, progressive donors or tip our hat to these ideologies. But long term, the market will self-correct, rectify that, and you're going to see outlets willing to engage in free uh, ideas and free exchange of ideas just doing better.
0: You know, that's a great point, Adam, and I'd love to be able to glimpse into the future five, 10 years down the road. See where Rumble, Odyssey, Super U are. If they, too, gain that critical mass, I wish them all the best. Believe me, we need competition in that sphere for sure. And what else do we have here? Uh, Harper will always be my PM again. Another dollar. I am surprised. Princess Henshaw did not like the JT claim she got COVID suddenly and go hide to some cottage. What's that about, Adam? So that's just when
1: Justin, uh, when the when the convoy is coming, suddenly Justin Trudeau got COVID. There's a little apprehension from the general public as to whether that's true. Many suggesting that he simply ran away and hid. So uh, I think, I think uh, Harper will be our PM is implying that suddenly Dina Hinshaw may come down with a case and won't be able to attend court, even though court is all being managed remotely generally. But I think that's the gag there. <laughs>
0: Wow. Running away and hiding when it comes to Justin Trudeau. It reminds me of the old uh, George Carlin joke, uh, Adam. Uh, What does a dog do on its day off? It can't just lie around doing nothing all day. That's its job, right? So, (laughs) in any event... I missed. Uh, Harper will always be my PM again. Well, thank you so much. One dollar. Social liberal Ford claims he will cut petrol by five point cents a liter. But after June the 2nd, June the 2nd, that's significance, uh, Adam, because that is election day. Oh, and by the way, read the fine print of that five point seven a liter cut. It's only temporary for six months. I know. uh, But, you know, again, the problem, much like in Alberta, as much as I've been horribly disappointed by the Doug Ford PCs, and I'm not making an excuse for them... um, What's lurking behind door number two and uh, door number three, i.e. the NDP and the Liberals, uh, might be even more horrific. Uh, Once again, I'm just gonna have to, how did I vote last election? I think it was Libertarian in my writing. The guy got about 283 votes, so it really is a protest vote. But um, the thing is, when I hear people say that the Liberals and NDP would be just as bad, if not worse, here's the thing, Adam. I agree with that, but that doesn't mean Ford And his um, cabal should be just as bad. As a conservative, we wanted something different. We have found out clearly in the last four years that Doug Ford is not Rob Ford. I quite frankly think Rob Ford is rolling in his grave seeing what's happening. So that is my uh, rebuttal is that, um, yes, they're worse, but we should expect better and we deserve better.
1: Yeah, and I've said that from the get-go. Alberta, as an Alberta boy, we deserve better than this sort of milk water. Well, I want a new base careless, reckless, unfree. Like, Alberta is the home of the strong and free, and this leadership has been anything. But we don't need last week's politicians. We don't need politicians who compromise on fundamental values. We want real conservatives. I think it's so sad to see radical progressives, Mayor Gioti Gondek, Rachel Nodley, potentially making a comeback in Alberta. It is not what we're meant to do. And the sad thing is, it's, it's just as sad as Aaron O'Toole losing to Justin Trudeau. If these people had strong ideas out on the forefront and they were con- they were campaigning to win instead of campaigning to not lose we would have strong conservative leadership period unfortunately what we have is cowards campaigning not to lose, and that's why we get cowardly leadership.
0: And you know, Adam, I gotta tell you that 5.7 cents a litre cut, uh, temporary, of course, it reminds me of a few months ago uh, when what was in the news cycle was there was supposed to be, and I hope I have my numbers right, forgive me if if I misspeak folks, but I believe it was supposed to be a 12.5% cut on the electricity bills of Ontarians. I believe that was a promise. And if you can imagine, Adam, not only did the cut not happen, but the explanation absolutely defied belief. Essentially, the Ford PCs were saying, well, we didn't cut it 12.5 percent. But you see, if um, the liberals were still in power, they would have raised it. Oh, there you go. 12 percent. So it kind of like is a cut. Um, because ah. it just stayed the same. Can you imagine the chutzpah? The audacity. No, that's... Oh, yeah, it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, if there was a Ministry of the Economy in uh, the mm-hmm. dystopian world of 1984, that's the kind of uh, press release they'd well, be sending and out. D- the other thing that's so maddening about this, and we're going to touch on this, obviously we, we ran out of time, but we,
1: we see these insane carbon taxes being passed. So like Ford... <laughs> Kenny, whatever, these governments, at least Kenny stands up to carbon taxes a little bit. But we're seeing like it's like oh prices are going up six percent because of a carbon tax. But yeah. hey, we'll give you yeah. we'll give you a six percent discount. It's like adding a tax and then giving a discount to claim credit for giving a discount. You just added the tax. You're the reason, a major part of the reason
0: that the fuel costs are so high, and then you're giving us this credit. Like, thanks a bunch. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's, it, it it feels like I'm on the streets of uh, New York City playing three-card Monty sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Do we have any more, Olivia? Uh, we do. Oh, Harper will always be my PM. Another buck. Thank you, sir. Men and women with real courage become cops in USA. Cowards who are scared to face crime and real danger become cops in Canada and get paid for not doing much. You know what? I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, Adam. I think all over the world, there are bad police and good police in every force. And I would say the ones in any kind of police service, the the people who hate the bad police the most are indeed the good and the great cops because it soils their reputation. I don't think, um, you know, a lack of competence or being, um, you know, hot to physically abuse citizens uh, when you're handing out a ticket, I don't think that, um, you know, is something that's defined by uh, uh, borders. And we don't want to paint with
1: too broad a brush
0: because there are people
1: among these police forces who maybe look the other way when they could give a honking ticket, who want to fight crime, who got in it for the right reasons, who are feeling morally torn, who behind the scenes are working with other cops. I can confirm some of this is happening to try and get some justice, to try and fix these situations. And they very likely watching right now they feel so maligned by the people that they would associate with because they, are, they feel like they're being told all cops are bad. And when the people you're trying to reach out to, the freedom side, the, the justice side maligns you and alienates you and makes you feel terrible well then sometimes they do just revert to well i guess i'm sticking with the other cops yeah. um, so we want those people to feel included there's plenty of room at the table for those inclined towards freedom and justice so i'd never want them to feel uh, ex- excluded or excommunicated de facto um again as matt brevner says there's plenty of room at the
0: table absolutely And Harper will always be my PM, another buck. Thank you, sir. I I am surprised Paul Bernardo is not playing this new nonsense, having a lawyer saying, yes, Paul is now a girl. You know what, Adam? That's a great point. That's the first thing that came to mind when it came to this nonsense. The only thing I can think of as to why Bernardo hasn't played this card. And if people are unaware of uh, Paul Bernardo, uh, he was the one along with his wife who were the uh, uh, schoolgirl uh, killers um, uh, back in the nineties. It might be because as I understand it, he's in solitary. And so if he was switched to a female penitentiary, but the conditions are you're still in solitary, what's the point? Yeah. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, that that sounds about
0: right. Okay. Another buck from Harper will always be my PM. Is that W-R-P-S- Sarge seriously wearing safety glasses. You know what? <laughs> he might be. Uh, <laughs> maybe a guy like me not wearing a mask. Uh, I'm. I'm a next generation um, typhoid Mary, uh, Adam. Uh, but um, th- that is amazing, isn't it? These are law enforcement officers that quite literally, given the case could be putting their life on the line if the bad guys have uh, handguns and yet this guy's got the mask on he's got the safety goggles on just having a conversation with yours truly what do you make of that
1: yeah you know it's it's it it doesn't make sense most i think most cops Um, once given the opportunity to not be masked were. We saw that very quickly at the rally, but you will see the odd person. I'm not going to lie. I imagine in some of these cases, they figure a camera's rolling. Some of the people who are very friendly and don't wear a mask normally, if they know we're there and a camera's rolling, suddenly the masks and glasses come out and they put on a bit of a show. But it's sad that they're putting on a show and they're not doing that for real. They're not doing it for their own protection. It's sort of a new modern virtue signaling one of the funny things that i noticed though and i mean it's really kind of sad but calgary police services right at the start of this heavy (laughs) clampdown they got these new hats and they're bright yellow at the top um and they're like these mind control devices because as soon
0: as they all put on (laughs) these new
1: hats they started beating up protesters and arresting people so wow uh, i don't know who buys those someone someone gets the masks and gets the yellow hats and yeah yeah it's a
0: well, I, nice. I, I I guess they're being reimagined. and, uh, you know, and by the way, you go back to that uh, ban on the um thin blue line uh, patch, yeah. Adam. it's what it's what I'm wondering is that um, I guess there'll be a a gay pride parade in Calgary uh, this summer. And I'm just wondering if how many officers will be wearing, you know, the rainbow flag on their uniform. What I'm getting at here is that if you're saying that these uniforms have some sort of strict standard, and that is the definition of a uniform, there's a uniformity to a uniform, then again, it's selective banning of patches. So a thin blue line, bad, rainbow flag, good. Yeah. yeah, and it is just 100% ideological. We're
1: going to see this sort of laxed approach around some sort of things that they're in line with and then uh, other other protests. Like we're seeing right now, there's allegedly an injunction to keep downtown quiet and peaceful. Well, when there's other protests, I'm sure when there's loud music, if there are pride parades, that wouldn't be being enforced. With the Ukraine protests, we're seeing it not enforced. It's just very selective um, and, and 100%, it's, there, there, there's it's been no issue with this thin blue line. Nobody sees that and thinks like, hmm, like right-wing conspiracy theorists in the United States are QAnon nobody thinks that other than these like academic activists in Mayor Gioti Gondek's office and Mark Neufeld Mark Neufeld should stick up for himself and for his cops I don't know if he believes this stuff or if he's just going along I for one think he just saw what happened to the Ottawa police chief who managed to see crime decline and managed to keep everything peaceful while the truckers were there protesting while he was shown the road and and someone else came in and they did all this absurd abuse and, and, and pointing guns people and running over ladies on mobility scooter. Well, the message from G.O.T. Gondek to Calgary Police Chief Mark Neufeld was very much I want something done right away. I think the implication was you're going to go the way of the former police chief and we're going to bring in a militant who's willing to hammer down on these people. So I think he's very much guarding his job. But uh, at a certain point, you're trampling fundamental rights, violating charter freedoms, all of that stuff, at a certain point you have to say no, enough is enough. G.O.T. Gondek's popularity is plummeting in this city. Um, she would be out if there was an election today, no question. She's done nothing but screw up. Um, So uh, I don't know why he's attaching his cart to her horse, so to speak, because uh, her horse seems cliff bound.
0: Yeah. And if that amplification law is still around, come the gay pride uh, parade in Calgary, Adam, I can't imagine a gay pride parade without amplification. You know, that kind of a parade resembling, um, oh, I don't know, a Remembrance Day uh, service. No, 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 that's not going to happen. So you you keep your eye out uh, come, uh, come June, uh, Adam, and see what happens. And do we have any more? We have one more. Fraser, $5. Thank you very much, Fraser. What date do you guys think the emergency mandates will end? My opinion is never. Uh, Fraser, I think you're bang on. think uh, Adam, I want to get your opinion on this too. Um, I don't think these lockdown mandates are extinct. I think they're in a period of hibernation, especially when there are elections going on. I think all levels of government, federal, state, provincial, municipal, school boards even, they got a taste of totalitarian power, Adam, and man, they really dig that taste. And I really think across the board, they were actually pleasantly shocked at how willing the population was ready to capitulate how people would mask up how they would shut down their own businesses or their own independent businesses while the likes of the costcos and walmarts and uh, provincially run liquor control board stores remained open Uh, i think they will come back even if there is no legitimate pandemic reason for them to come back
1: yeah, we saw, I believe it was from Ontario Efron uh, put it up, it was a clip of a health official saying, we won't hesitate to bring these back. Well, And th- and I tweeted this the other day, but that's the fundamental issue. When you're talking about bringing back mandates that violate our freedoms, that devastate the economy, that take a massive toll on mental health, if as a government official you aren't hesitating, please, for the love of God, for the sake of the Constitution, our charter rights, all of that good stuff, just step aside and bring in someone inept who bring in someone who's not inept, bring in someone sane, because you should be pausing to think. You should be considering the broader compli consequences of your actions. Hesitating is what you're supposed to do when making reasonable decisions. But that's not what they do. They're so inclined. Everyone from Jason Kenney to Ontario, BC still has a bunch in place. Um, They're saying, well, we could bring these back at any moment. We were already seeing uh, the the media rhetoric, the preparation for this is going to come back. It's going to be back. You guys have to be uh, used to it. it's going to happen very likely. Maybe not to the same extent, but I wanna make clear to people out there, the mandates aren't over. Unvaccinated people can't travel freely within or without the country. Thousands of people have lost their jobs, never received severance, and haven't received their jobs back. So when people out there say, well, the mandates are over, they might come back, they are far far, and I'm not saying Fraser saying that by any stretch, but they are far from over. And the the mentality that this is done among those people who maybe weren't affected or have returned to their jobs, these people aren't protesting every week across Canada for fun. They're protesting because people are still suffering and justice has not yet been done. But yeah, I think the mandates will likely return. And, and Adam, still I
0: I don't know what the lay of the land is in Alberta, but I can tell you in the greater Toronto area, um, such is the will of the sheeple, I call them, that there are individual businesses that are still mandating the mask law, even though the law was eradicated on March Twenty uh, first, I went to a store the last week, Harry Tarantula. It's a comic book and gaming store. And the yeah. moment I walked in the door, the two fellows behind the counter who worked there, it reminded me of that. The last scene of uh, the 1978 version of invasion of the body snatchers where Donald Sutherland is doing that, <gasps> that scream. He's already being co-opted by the plant people. And he's ratting out one of the remaining human beings in San Francisco. Uh, they were, uh, beside themselves. They said, where's your mask? And I was saying, well, that's, oh, haven't you heard? That's yesterday's news. But no, according to them, they're uh, uh, the owner uh, for the health and safety of the staff and customers is still mandating the mask. And this wasn't a caper. I was just on my own time. And I, I was just, but what I couldn't help but think, Adam, is that all during this pandemic, we were told, follow the science, follow the science. Now you have the chief medical health officer of the province, Kieran Moore, saying, yep, as of March thirty, uh, March 21 at midnight, uh, you are free to go maskless. And yet, here we see people who are so indoctrinated. Yeah, there's Donald Sutherland. Can we can we play that clip? It, it's it's one of the most horrific <laughs> endings to a movie. And I'm sorry if I spoiled it to anyone that uh, hasn't seen that version of the uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the best version ever filmed, by the way. But um, and again, speaking of movies, I, I did a rant on this, Adam. It, it, it's I liken it to. There's a long forgotten nineteen seventy one film called "Bless the Beast and Children." And it's about these misfits. they are these preteens at a summer camp. They band together, they're getting bullied. And they find out it takes place in Arizona. They find out that there is a uh, a buffalo ranch uh, near the camp. And to their horror, um, they discover that hunters for paying a fee, they can go and kill. Uh, the buffalo, um, quite literally shooting fish in a barrel. And they make it their mission that summer to somehow get into that buffalo preserve, break open the gates, and let the buffalo run into the wild for freedom. And they are successful in doing so. In opening the gates, that is, to their horror, they discover that the buffalo don't run away; they just stand there. Their spirits have been broken, Adam. They are so used to being captive animals, ready to be shot, that they yeah. do not flee. I see the same thing happening with those holdouts mandating a mass mandate. Now, Harry Tarantula—they might be a great, uh, you know, business in terms of uh, comic books and games—but I don't think they're uh, experts on virology. Last word no. goes to you, Adam.
1: You know, I want to tell people out there, and this is like a personal story. I'm just whining, taking my shot at Ticketmaster. But I purchased tickets to go see this physicist, Brian Cox, big BBC physicist, very soft-spoken. You might have seen him. Does a lot of stuff. So I got tickets for an event in Calgary. I'm all excited. They weren't cheap. I got nice floor seats for this presentation. Um, I get my tickets to my Ticketmaster inbox. And after the fact, despite no vaccine mandates being in place and the government even deleting the vaccine mandate app, This health check box pops up over top of my tickets after I've purchased them. And it stipulates that there will be vaccine passports checked because that's what the facility, the organizer wants to do. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll take a refund then. I can't attend. Unfortunately, I was very excited. No, no refund What? So, however, they're they're selectively disregarding even those people who said follow the health officials follow the directives well those directives are no longer in place there's no vaccine mandate private institutions are now upholding this ideological narrative so even beyond the official mandates there has been a social shift in people who are clean and unclean included and excluded and that is not going anywhere so ticketmaster give me a refund um, stop excluding people stop acting in this categorically un-Canadian, undemocratic way. It's time we get back to normal and treat each other like fellow Canadians, not like a divided class.
0: Well, what a way to end the show. I believe that is reason number 8,472 to hate. Ticketmaster, uh, what 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 an egregious mob those people are! Oh, and yeah. in, in any event, um, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you uh, for those who gave us those um, uh, financial chats. That's how we keep the lights on. Thank you to super producers Olivia and Efron. A- in the meantime, I'll be back in this space at this time with the she devil herself, Sheila Gunn Reed, and Adam will be back next Monday. Uh, uh, with sheila again uh, assuming there's not another necromancer in court in alberta in the meantime as always stay sane
3: is it like we don't we want to go back to these like max mask funders for example let's take that for example there's no benchmark there's no point that you can you tell people that you're not gonna wear masks that they, these masks are not gonna be mandated again
2: Well, we're going to have to watch this. We've always taken a very cautious and gradual approach, and the health and well-being of the people of Ontario has always been our number one priority. So we are following it, Dr. Moore and his team are following it, and we're going to make sure that if any changes need to be made, we won't hesitate to do that. But as things stand now, we are in, in a very good position.